Hello, hello, and welcome to the Build Your Coaching Business Around the 9 to 5 podcast. I am your host, Pamela Pritchard, and today I am doing the third of a three-part series, and this session is called Going Back to Your 9 to 5. This session is for the coaches who have already gone full-time into their business and for whatever reason are now considering going back into their career into any nine to five, going back to work. This is something that comes up a lot in the discussions that I have with coaches who are already full-time in their business, if they're struggling to create clients, to create money, or create it at the volume that they need to sustain their lifestyle and to sustain their finances. This is something that I have never seen anybody speak about before. And because of the coaching niche that I'm in, and because of the background that I have, where, as you know, and if you don't already, I come from a corporate background myself. When I was leaving to go full-time into my coaching business, I wasn't exactly leaving a starter salary behind. It wasn't like I was unemployed. It wasn't like I didn't have an established corporate career behind me. I was at six figures. I was established. I had worked really hard to work my way up the corporate ladder and to build an identity, build a career, build a sense of belonging and purpose and connection and connections and acquaintances to the career that I had. And even though I knew that life coaching is exactly who I was meant to be, who I was always meant to become, even though I felt like I had found my soul's calling, my life's purpose, and even though I feel the most fulfilled and most most me that I have ever felt, leaving my corporate career was hard. But what was also just as big a decision was the secu- was the seeming security the financial security and the stability that comes with having a career that makes sense to the people that you love that makes sense to the background that you have that makes sense for everything that you've worked towards and everything that you know yourself to be in that moment so to then go full time and then have your hand at building the business, have your hand at trying to create clients, trying to build an audience, trying to make money from life coaching and being in the really difficult situation where you realize that it it isn't happening for you at the, at the rate that you need. um, And that you're struggling to make ends meet and that financially it it's, it's just not coming into fruition. Then you know, we do live in the real world at the end of the day. Unfortunately, we do need to pay for our bills to pay for the rent or the mortgage and to be able to sustain ourselves financially. And so I speak to a lot of coaches who are stuck between a rock and a hard place. They desperately want their coaching business to work. They are committed. They know that they're in the right place. And yet the decision to go back to the nine to five is feels feels like such an energetic strain it feels like you're potentially failing feels like that you're giving up your coaching dream and I want to talk about some of those things today because as I say I have never seen anyone talk about this openly and I think this is a really important discussion to be had because if we can bring it to the table if we can come to the table together and candidly talk about this and acknowledge the reality of building a coaching business in the 21st century then I think this discussion needs to be said out loud and one of the big things that I have supported my clients with who have come to me who were already full time in their business and had a corporate career and are questioning whether or not to go back and making that difficult decision, I'm going to be sharing some of the things that we've navigated, how we shifted the mindset around it and look at some of the reasons that you might be considering that that help you make the decision or not. And today in this podcast, we're going to be talking about the reasons for going back the ways that you might want to think about it so that it serves you instead of puts you into a failure or a shame spiral. And then the benefits that could come out of it, because I acknowledge that it may not be what you want. I acknowledge that it may not be the ideal situation. 
But I also think with every opportunity or every situation comes opportunity and it is our power, our choice and our responsibility to to make sure that we see it that way if those are the circumstances that we're in. So we're going to be talking about how to embrace those opportunities, ways to think about your coaching business, the judgment and self-compassion aspect and the upsides to doing this. And I'm just really excited to have this discussion with you. I'm so excited to bring this to you because nobody has ever brought this to me. And when my clients come to me with this or any of my audience members reach out to me about this, I'm just so passionate about talking about the things that I have not seen being discussed in this industry. And as with anything that's a bit taboo, that as with anything that tends to go unsaid, I think the very act of saying it and of giving it a voice and of giving you a voice if you're going through this, or if you're in your nine to five thinking about leaving or you're about to and you've already handed in your notice and you're also thinking, oh God, what if? And you wanna be prepared and you wanna have the right mindset to approach this and to be able to approach it with the with the confidence and the certainty and the safety to be able to make a decision that's ultimately going to be best for you. At the end of this podcast, I will absolutely be inviting you to work with me. So once I'm finished sharing about going back to the nine to five, if you loved what you heard and you feel like that I get it and that you're someone, I'm someone that you can relate to and that you can feel safety with and that you can expand with, then stick around because I will be telling you about how you can work with me. So let's dive in. I have my notes down here. If you're watching this on video, then you'll see me glancing down. I have my trusty notepad. So I wanted to make sure I captured everything that I wanted to cover today. So if we dive into, first of all, the reasons why people might go back, life coaches might go back into their careers. And when I say careers, I don't even mean careers. There are many ways that you could go back and get work and get paid in other ways. So if I ref in for the purpose of this episode, particularly, if I reference going back into your career, going back into the nine to five or going back to a job, even though they might all be slightly different things, then I'm kind of using the, the term interchangeably. So just bear with me with that. So the first and the biggest one I've already mentioned, but it's obviously financial strain. If you find yourself in a situation where you have depleted your savings and or because it may not circumstantially be true that you don't have any money, but you're in a place where you feel incredibly uncomfortable and worried about money, regardless of how much money you actually have, then it might be a reason that you decide to go back and get work. Meeting obligations, providing for your family, for yourself, paying the mortgage, paying for rent. These are paying for food, paying for bills, paying for healthcare, paying for your car, your vehicle, your phone, just the baseline survival necessities that we have living in this century. If you cannot financially sustain that from a place of sufficiency, then you will be creating resistance. You will be creating a feeling of struggle, of desperation, of need, of grasping for the next client and the next piece of revenue. Now, notice how I differentiated between actually running out of money and feeling like you're running out of money, even if your bank account is technically depleting and not replenishing at the same rate or a faster rate, preferably, <laughs> because then it would be going up. But it is very interesting when I'm supporting my clients, when we sit down and we look at the raw data, the numbers, the numbers don't lie. But what you make the numbers mean is everything. I have had clients who come to me who have no savings, who have no emergency fund, who do not have the privilege of a family that can support them. And so when they say they are running out of money, they literally do not have money. 
And I have worked with clients who have an emergency fund, who have savings, who have a trust fund, who have the privilege of a family that they feel comfortable enough to, to, to ask for support from, or who is already supporting them. And that is creating the feeling of scarcity and insufficiency. And that is enough to cause enough emotional turmoil to stop you from being effective in your business. And it is also possible to have no money, to have support and have your finances depleting and to have the right mental fortitude that allows you to step into sufficiency and realize that moment to moment, you are absolutely fine. This in and of itself could be an entire training session. I'm not going to go into that right now, but I just want to raise the awareness that whatever you're feeling is valid. Whatever you are actually experiencing right now, regardless of the data, regardless of the actual math, if what you are feeling is causing the feeling of insufficiency, of desperation, of graspiness, of concern, and the way that you know that that's coming up are thoughts like, I have to make a client, this has to happen for me, it's make or break, the very binary all or nothing thinking. Also things like, it can also cause you to go into a very deep like self-worth spiral. If I don't get a client this month, then I'm never gonna make it. If I don't hit my my goal this month, then is this ever going to happen for me? Maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I'll never be worthy. When when the things that are happening with your bank account are causing you to make it mean something about your self-worth, then the financial strain that your circumstances are creating are not sustainable. And that may be a very viable reason for you to go back into the nine to five and create stability, create sufficiency, create certainty. Now, there is another way that you can approach this. I always say to my clients, you have two options with everything. You either change the circumstances or you change the way that you approach it. You change your circumstances or you change your mindset. Now, you may be thinking, but Pamela, I literally have bills to pay and the money's coming out in three days. My invitation to you is to seriously consider what can you do in three days to make the money? Because getting a job is likely to take longer than three days. So financial strain is real and it does cause very real problems for people emotionally and literally in terms of their finances. And being able to be in a situation where you have the right level of risk tolerance, where you are able to maintain sufficiency and maintain the feeling of grounded safety in your body, even when your finances are not ideal, is everything. And if you cannot create that within your own body, within your mindset, within your energy, within your nervous system, then yes, choosing to go back to work is going to be a viable option for you. And there is nothing wrong if that is the case. Another reason why people might decide to go back to the nine to five is to support them with their cash flow. Financial strain and cash flow are slightly different things, I would say. Having consistent cash flow is something that can affect businesses, it can affect individuals, it can affect everybody. Cash flow is about having the money when you need it. Financial strain is about having the money at all. The thing with cash flow that can catch people out is that you might actually have access to the money, but for whatever reason, you can't touch it until three months time and you need it right now. And if that's a struggle for you and you're needing regular access to money that you can't seem to have and you need it to support any obligations that you have like mortgage payments or rents, you need it to organize your budgeting, then that can also create another type of financial strain, the same experience of financial strain. But it's really important to know exactly which it is. Is it having access to money at all? 
or is it just the cash flow of your money and when you are accessing it? And this is something that I coach my clients on quite a lot is the mindset around in business, especially in the very beginning when you're still learning the skill of making money, you do get ebbs and flows. There may well be periods where you earn lots of money and then you earn nothing and then lots of money and then nothing. And you can't always predict exactly when that's going to happen. And so if you are terrible with budgeting, if you don't know how to not spend it all, or if you're not very good at saving and planning ahead for the times when there is going to be highs and lows and peaks and troughs in the cash flow of what you're receiving, whilst you're still developing the skill of creating a consistent flow of money and clients every month, then that might cause financial strain. And of course, when you have a when you have a job and you're being paid by someone else under their payroll, then it tends to be a more consistent cash flow that is coming in. So that might be that you're not having any issues making money or making clients. Your problem is that you're terrible with managing money. And therefore that is something that needs to be looked at urgently. And whether or not, again, you decide to do the work to become stronger at at money management, at managing your cash flow, at uh, managing the regularity of which that you access your own money, or you change your circumstances and go get a job to do that for you, whatever you do you, but that could be a potential reason why I've seen people make the decision to go back to the nine to five whilst they're in that transition period. This very much aligns with what I often talk about is the employee versus the CEO mindset. The employee mindset is literally living to get paid every month. The the CEO is somebody who knows that money comes and goes, but they always know how to create it. And because they have the confidence that they know how to create it, then they're never concerned on the months that they don't have money because they've already planned ahead. So if you know within yourself that you have been in that employee mindset, because you have been, because you've been an employee for most of your career to date, then that's okay. This is just a skill that we need to develop and we need to get you transitioned into the CEO way of thinking about money and the CEO way of budgeting and managing your money. Other reasons that are non-financial, why I see coaches go back to the nine to five is lack of passion and burnout. This one breaks my heart. And it breaks my heart only in one circumstance because there's also another circumstance where it actually doesn't. And it makes me really happy to know that you're going back to the nine to five. What I have seen happen and not so much any of my clients, but I've seen it when I've met people and they have tried to make it as a life coach and they've not been able to, and they've gone back to the nine to five from a feeling of defeat and failure. And because they were unable to come out of that failure spiral and come out of that defeat spiral, they ended up letting the flame die, letting the passion die for their life coaching business. And I think that's a shame because I suspect deep, deep down, they secretly really, really would love for it to work. And deep, deep down, they would love to reignite it. But the experience has really smothered and oppressed that passion and that flame inside them. And ultimately, it's gone out. Then there are those who have genuinely tried their all. They have genuinely put themselves out there. They have failed forward over and over and over again. And the passion for entrepreneurship has died, but the passion for life coaching has stayed alive. That's, I, I really do, I have seen happen. I've seen it happen with my own clients. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And the reason I think that's a beautiful thing is because at the moment, while life coaching is still a very young and very new industry in the 21st century, and obviously coaching has been around for years, decades, but not to this scale. Like life coaching is literally one of the fastest growing industries in the world. It is now a billion dollar industry and it's only going to get bigger. 
in the future, it is likely to be regulated. That's just my speculation. And in the future, I highly anticipate that large corporations will start or some of our larger life coaching businesses that already exist will become the corporations of the future where life coaching becomes a corporation. As in not corporation just by business structure, but I mean corporation by the energetic of what it is to be a corporate. I'm already seeing it with some life coaching businesses already. And I think it's just a matter of time that they start hiring employees and the job description you get is for a life coach and the job title you have as a life coach, you can be salaried as a life coach. But up until that happens, and whilst life coaching continues to be a very green, very grassroots industry still, we're still finding our way, we're still figuring out how to do this ethically. And it's not that there's any question of what ethics should look like in life coaching, but whilst we're still, whilst the industry is still growing and it isn't just a job that you can go and get, the only real way to be a life coach fully is to do it as a business owner. But what I'm seeing happen is people go into business ownership and realize it isn't for them. They go into the train of marketing and selling and realize it isn't for them. I speak to coaches weekly, eat easily once, if not twice a week, who say to me, I don't know if I'm cut out to be a business owner, if I want the responsibility of being a business owner, if I want to do the aspect of marketing and selling that comes with business ownership. And as I say, I've had clients who have decided that they don't enjoy the commercial aspect of that. They don't enjoy revenue generating. They want to do their soul's work. And they have decided to find other ways to leverage the power and beauty and skill of life coaching in their corporate careers. And to do things like internal workshops, to to support women at work, to support well-being at work, to take the skills that they've learned in their ventures, making it as an independent life coach and bringing those entrepreneurial skills into the workplace, otherwise called intrapreneurship, and bringing the life coaching skills into their day jobs and doing public speaking, doing guest workshops still, supporting companies in improving uh, well-being and a mental health at work. And that is beautiful. So they realized through this journey that business isn't for them. And instead, they keep the flame of life coaching and keep it alive in other ways by going back into corporate and doing their own thing. And I, I love that. I love it because... It doesn't ever mean that they have failed. It doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. It means that they needed to take that path to find their true path. And even then it can still evolve. And even then there is nothing to stop them changing their mind and coming back to it anytime that they wish. So one of the things that I see create this if you're thinking, oh gosh, I'm on the precipice of losing my passion. And is it my passion for business ownership or is it my passion for life coaching? And I want to offer, if you're resonating with that in particular and you're freaking out a little bit and you're, th- you're feeling the desire to stay, to hold on and grip on tighter to the life coaching and to the business and to force it to work then this could be your sign that you need to make very smart investment choices about where you choose to put your energy and where you choose to develop your skill as a business owner. Because totally business ownership isn't for everyone. And I don't want you to ever give up on business because your fear got the better of you. I want you to give up on business because you decided that you don't actually enjoy it, but you could if you wanted to. And the only way you're ever gonna get there is by actually developing the skill required of business ownership. And here's the thing, 
the skill to be successful in business is a skill that will benefit you in every area of your life. The ability to represent, the ability to sell, the ability to market. Market is just sharing ideas, communicating effectively. Selling is agreeing an exchange with another person. It really isn't rocket science. It's just a skill set. So when you take some of that pressure off and take some of the fear off and take some of the expectation that we put on ourselves to be freaking genius at this when we've only been doing it for five minutes and we give ourselves some grace and compassion and put ourselves in the room where we can learn what we need to learn, then we stand a fighting chance. The other thing that I see happen a lot with life coaches who are on this precipice of major decision-making that could affect the direction of the rest of their lives is that they have disconnected from their why, from their purpose, from what got them here in the first place. That's why it's an entire module inside my one-to-one program, Thrive, because I have been there. I know what it is to feel like nothing is working. I know what it is to actually sit there one day crying to my partner saying, oh God, maybe I made a mistake leaving my career. Maybe it would have been better just to go for the promotion. Maybe we would already have X, Y, Z by now if I hadn't left my six-figure salary behind and I just stayed the course with the career because it was a sure thing. And I remember when I said that to him, my body knew the truth. That was just my fear talking. Deep inside me, I knew that my vision, my mission, my purpose is greater than my fear. It's greater than what seems easy. It's greater than what is comfortable. That's all I was craving in that moment. I was craving certainty. I was craving familiarity. I was craving predictability. And then I remembered who the fuck I am. I remembered that isn't what I signed up for. I remembered my vision, my mission, and my purpose. And that is because I don't want to go back to the woman that I was. I don't want to go back to the version of me that was burnt out and unfulfilled. Because even though my salary and my corporate career was a sure thing, and I was blessed enough to have a job all the way through the pandemic, I knew that I had security and certainty and safety in my career but it didn't light me up that flame that that burning fire inside of me that comes alive when I get to see the transformation that people can make when I get to see people live their purpose when I get to see people create wealth on their own terms create freedom on their own terms that is why I do it because I was craving that. I do this for younger me. I do this for the me who was sat at the bar with one of my colleagues at this terrible nightclub called Sway in Hoban in London. If you know it, hit me up (laughs) because we have probably been on the same dance floor at some stage. After work, drinking the week away, drinking my sorrows away, waiting for the weekend to go by so I could come back and do it all again and go back on the same hamster wheel. And I remember a colleague saying to me, I think I did a blog about this like ages and ages ago. And a colleague said to me, like, is this it? And I'm like, oh my God, is this it? Is this what we do? Is this my life now until retirement? I didn't want that. And then I fast forward to the time where I was sat in a training room in Washington because I'd been shipped out for my new job. I was learning the ropes of my new job. The most stunning, impressive, powerful woman stood in front of me and who was heavily pregnant at the time and told me that it would be okay. She'll be back in less than three months after her maternity leave. She didn't want to take too much time off her career. And I remember in that moment, realizing that there is a future me that dreams of having a child one day, of dreams of having a family. And the idea of go, like leaving my child to go back to work, to sit in a conference room with my colleagues and talk about making money for other people instead of being there for my child after three months when I've taken nine months to grow it in my tummy, no. No, these moments that I go back to that led me here, that make me remember 
what I'm doing this for. And then I think beyond me, beyond my immediate family, beyond my future. And I think about my family and the relationship I have with my parents now. We had a difficult relationship when I was growing up. I, I, I used to butt heads with my mum all the time. Now, now she's like a best friend to me. I look at my body, how much stronger, how much fitter I am, how much healthier I am. I used to burn out every, every Christmas, like guaranteed. I would burn out, I would get sick. Ever since I've been full-time in my business, I cannot remember the last time I got sick. My nails are stronger. My hair is longer, it's beautiful, it's long. My skin is lovely now. It never used to be. I sleep better. Don't get me wrong, there's still a few nights that I, I sleep lightly. I think I've always been like that, but I used to sleep like shit in my corporate job. I don't wanna go back to that. So I'm remembering and I stay connected to the things that I wanna keep in my life that I never ever wanna go back to. That keeps me driven. That's enough of a push factor to keep me moving forward. And then I have the pull factor of the vision of the freedom that I like, of the choices I like to make, of never having to ask for leave, of never having to choose between what I do during the holidays that I get, because I get as much holiday as I want, being able to travel when I want to, being able to see my family in New Zealand or England if I want to. I wouldn't be able to have that freedom if I went back and gave up on my business and went back to my corporate job. And I think what I see happen a lot with life coaches is that they really do disconnect from their why. They don't connect to their push factors and their pull factors. They don't connect to their mission, their vision, their why periodically. They're not doing it weekly. They're not visualizing daily. And when you forget to do these things, you lose connection with the reason why you're doing this. And then all the other things get much bigger. The fear of selling, the fear of success, the fear of failure, the fear of judgment, all the things that are stopping you from shoving up, from getting visible, putting yourself out there, making courageous steps, doing things that scare you over and over and over again until you actually start to enjoy it. Trust me, you do. You do start to enjoy it. And instead, you disconnect from your why, you disconnect from your vision, you disconnect from your mission. You forget why you're doing this. The fear gets bigger than you. And then suddenly the nine to five becomes the safest, the easiest thing that you can do. So again, I say that for those of you who know that you do want this, that you know it's in you, that it is possible, that you know that if you see that she can do it, if I can do it, then it means that you can do it. And as long as you keep that alive in you, even just a tiny flame, that's all it takes to light up a dark room every single time. The next one, the next reason why I see people go back to the nine to five, and I think again, very, very valid reason, is fulfillment, well-being, and satisfaction. Very similar to what I was just talking about, but, but actually slightly different. Some people, I'm talking to any extroverts who are listening right now, any socialites. I'll be honest. I, as you know, I've moved to Australia. I don't have many in real life friends out here. I've got a couple, small handful. Luckily, I have some family in the same city as me. But I'm alone a lot of the time. It's lonely. Up, up here building my business obviously with through my life coaching I am meeting with clients multiple times a day I'm speaking to people in the dms all the time I know that even doing this podcast like it's such a funny duality on one hand I'm just sat in my office alone with my laptop looking at a piece of technology talking about the things that I care deeply about and on the other hand I feel energetically connected to you as you're listening. I feel a connection to everybody who tunes in, 
who catches up, who is waiting for me to release the next one, who is binging them all at once, who's listening to them repeat. I'm connected to you every time I come up here and I speak to you. And for me, that's enough. I am very blessed that I personally thrive when I'm alone. Maybe it's part of my human desire. I'm a a projector. But as an example, my fiance is also a projector, but he doesn't thrive on his own. He's an introverted extrovert. I am too in some ways. He gets his energy being alone, but he really loves being with other people. I have some clients who are extroverted extroverts. They are all about being with other people. They they come alive when they're surrounded by other people. And entrepreneurship is lonely. You are a solopreneur when you start a life coaching business. And of course you build a network, of course you build coach besties, of course you have clients, of course you have a beautiful audience. And you also get to a stage like me where I have peers, people that I've met in group programs that are at the same, on the same journey as me, doing similar things to me, who would never be a client or who I'd never hire as a coach, but I see them, I love them, I respect them, they've become friends and I've never met them in person. So I get my fulfillment, even though I am a solopreneur, but you may find that you deeply crave social interaction more frequently. And of course, as I said earlier, we can always change our circumstances, like going back and getting a job and having that connection with, with our colleagues and our boss and our clients that way, or we can change the mindset and realize that we are connected, that we are always speaking to people, that we are energetically connected to so many people globally, more so probably than I ever was in my job, even though I worked in an office of about a thousand people in my last last job. So it does get to be a matter of perspective, but it is important to know yourself, know thyself. If you are satisfied when you are surrounded by colleagues, when you're when you feel a sense of belonging by being in an office with other people, when you like to be part of something, but it isn't your thing, but still a mission and a vision and a purpose that you can buy into, that's just as valid. That matters just as much. Maybe it's something that you did as a kid. Maybe it's maybe it's finding a way to rethink the career you had and going back into the nine to five and really connecting the dots of what your passion and your fulfillment would be, but in a nine to five setting, bringing your life coaching skills into the mix. That sounds magical. That was something that I did with one of my clients who identified that she didn't want to be a business owner, but she did realize that going back into the world of work was an amazing opportunity to be really selective about the companies that she worked for, about their mission and vision and purpose, so that she could align to that and help drive that and bring her agenda into it, which was helping people really deconditioning, decondition from social paradigms that no longer serve them. And there are incredible organizations doing beautiful things in this world. And so when you can align those things, that's really beautiful. And you can do it to satisfy your personal needs of being connected, of having more social connections, being an extrovert, and even being multi-passionate. This is another reason why I see people go back to the nine to five. And I want to celebrate that. Maybe you are multi-passionate. Maybe you have the capacity, the energy, the drive, the creativity to do so many more things than just build a life coaching business. I mean, I know there are so many different ways that you can build a life coaching business, but that multi-passionate aspect of you may find fulfillment in that by doing it in a nine to five in going back to the career and, and bringing it through in that way. The final reason I see people go back to the nine to five, which I think is so valid, is work-life balance. What I mean by that, and again, it's, as I've said and maintained throughout this whole episode, this can be satisfied through a change in your mindset and and which therefore creates a change in your actions, or you can just outright change the circumstances. 
Some people come into full-time business ownership and find that they do not know how to switch off. That the, the sense of responsibility that they have to their business, to their life coaching, to their clients, it is is so big that they don't yet have the skill to be able to create clear boundaries and to have a clear differentiation between their business and their life. And for those people, you may find that the emotional strain of that becomes too much, that you have created another version of your nine to five. And that if you had to choose between the two, a nine to five is simply easier. Because at the end of the day, in a nine to five, you have a defined role, you have clear job description, you have defined hours. And for some, it is just more simple. They simply want to go to work and then leave it the minute they leave the office. And that is perfect. That is so perfect for some people. And if it took you leaving to realize that, then run run back right the second, because if that is what serves you, then why wouldn't you want that for yourself? So as I've roughly like covered, but I'm going to bring it more succinctly here, going back to the nine to five, whether or not that's to leave coaching or to do it to support you financially whilst you well, support you financially, emotionally, socially, whilst you develop the skill of business to develop your life coaching business and grow your life coaching business. I want you to lean in right now to the possibilities that await you. The possibilities of skill development. I did a brilliant uh, reel on this. God, the reel would be long gone in the feed by now. Maybe I turned it into a blog. I identified a whole bunch of skills that you can develop in your nine to five that will serve you in your coaching business. If you don't already feel like you've realized that you have all these skills that you got from your nine to five, even if your job is nothing like life coaching, public speaking, advocating for things, um, creativity and innovation. There's so many others. And right now my mind goes blank, but there are so many brilliant skills that you can bring from your nine to five into your coaching business and in your coaching business into your nine to five. And I think when you go back to work and embrace the opportunities of that, then you are tapping into a gold mine. Think about it. At the moment, you're on your lonesome, trying to build a coaching business, feeling like you're talking into the void, feeling like you don't have an audience, feeling like you don't have a clue where your clients are. I've shared with you in the last episode, most of my first clients came from my job. They came from, they were colleagues. They were people I used to work with. Going back to the nine to five allows you to tap into a brand new network of people. Or even if it's the same nine to five as before, you can reconnect with the same network of people in a new capacity. A whole breadth of opportunities suddenly become available to you when you think about it that way. And that's exciting. I mentioned earlier about entrepreneurship and bringing the entrepreneurial skills that you have, even if you don't feel like you've made it or you're a massive success as a business owner, realizing, recognizing the skills that you have developed, the, the tenacity, the drive, the motivation, the ability to think outside of the box, the ability to troubleshoot, the ability to understand that everything that you do in your business is revenue generating and has an impact on the bottom line. Not enough employees think that way. Most employees don't go to work realizing that their business needs to make revenue to survive. They just expect that it does. When you can go in with entrepreneurial skills, you become a much more valuable employee and you probably make your nine to five experience more enjoyable for it. And going back to the nine to five also gives you an opportunity to do beautiful work that isn't life coaching. There are so many incredible things that you can do that doesn't, like life coaching isn't the only way to contribute to society. And it might be that you forgot how brilliant, how beautiful your job is. You forgot the reasons why you went into your original career in the first place. As always, whenever we disconnect from our mission, our vision, our purpose, our why, of course we become disillusioned. Maybe you need to connect 
to the career that you had, remember why you went into it in the first place and bring back your passion for your career again. If you give yourself permission to do that, going back to the nine to five, suddenly it's, it stops being something that is a bad thing or that you have judgment about. It gets to be an opportunity. It gets to be your chance to reconnect to who you were always meant to be. And it took life coaching for you to realize that. Something that I also see come up when coaches are in a bit of a make or break scenario of, let's just say this is the circumstance. You're a life coach, your savings are running out. You're having to make a really tough decision about going back to the nine to five. And you have a lot of resistance towards that. There is there is a bit of a sink or swim, all or nothing, make or break mentality. And maybe that drive that it's got to fucking work or else is exactly what you need to make it work. Now, if you're not at that stage, I do not recommend that you purposely wait to get to that stage in order to find out what you're capable of. <laughs> but if you are already there, you're already in that bucket, here is a powerful thought for you. And I hope you're noticing, I am like advocating for both sides of the argument here because I don't know what your personal circumstances right now are. And this is the thing that lots of clients say to me, especially my one, like specifically my one-to-ones, when they have turned around and said, look, I don't think business is for me, or I don't think life coaching, one-to-one life coaching is for me, but I want to develop, like it's opened a segue into something else. And I want to explore that, but to do that, I'm going to have to get like by myself some more time. And to do that, I'm going to have to go back to the nine to five. And I think they expect me to force them to stay on the business train. This is why I say, even though my one-to-one is intended for those who are growing their coaching business to sell one-to-one coaching, if at any stage on our journey, I am sensing that your truth is actually something a little bit different, then it never becomes about my agenda. It is always about your agenda, whether or not you know what that is yet. And this is the most beautiful thing about about my coaching. It is about you first and foremost, every single time. I honor your truth, even when you don't like what you're seeing because it is it is that grieving period. And I've gone through it with a few of my one-to-one clients. There is a grieving period of realizing that maybe business isn't for you or maybe one-to-one coaching isn't for you. And because you have been so committed to trying to make it work, when you actually stop and take a minute to go, oh God, the reason it's not working is because I don't really want this. I want to do breath work. I want to go do workshops. I want to go have the stability in my career again. And not making yourself wrong for that. There is a grieving period to be had for all the time that you spent getting to that stage. There is a grieving period for the version of you that you thought you were going to become and letting that go. And then there is a transition period that goes from energetically releasing and saying goodbye to something and energetically opening up to something else, to something new, to something more aligned, that's more correct for you and your truth. And having someone to guide you through that and support you emotionally, energetically, spiritually through that journey is everything. So if you are in that stage of make or break and it's all or nothing and you have time before it is like urgent, then go back to the all in episode, the first episode I ever, ever did. Because what I have found to be true is that we think we're all in, but we always have more to give. 
And I don't mean more from a burnout place. I mean more from a place of expansion. And sometimes it takes being in that make or break mentality to make you realize exactly what you're capable of, to make the desire and the dream and the mission and the vision bigger than the fear. The minute you get sick of your own shit and you get sick of your own excuses is the moment that you are able to truly step into your power and make it happen for yourself. And when that happens, sometimes the floodgates can open. And that's a really exciting thing. But even then, sometimes it is just a skill gap and you just need more time. So something to think about if you're in that place right now. The final piece I wanna talk about is the judgment and self-compassion. I talked just now a little bit about the grieving and the transition piece. And if you do go back to the nine to five and you have a lot of thoughts about that, I have mentioned this sentence a couple of times, but I want to give it to you to really highlight it to you. The sentence, nothing has gone wrong, is really important. If you end up going back to work, it is not a sign of failure. It is not a sign that you have let the passion die if you're not giving up coaching completely and it isn't what and it's and you know you want to keep it going if you know that ultimately having a thriving life coaching business being fully booked making beautiful money doing the work that you love as a life coach is who you are meant to be and what you are meant to be doing then no nothing has gone wrong And that going back to the nine to five isn't a betrayal of your coaching business. It doesn't mean that you're not still committed to your coaching business. It simply means that you are doing the sensible thing, that you are looking after yourself financially, emotionally, spiritually, in order to to keep a longer term vision alive. Nobody is judging you. And if they are, Truly, if they actually are going to judge you, fuck them. It is not their place. The worst judgment I normally notice is the one that we give ourselves. My my coach gave me this most beautiful differentiation because it can feel like you're giving up on your passion when you go back to the nine to five. And she gave me the sentence and it was just everything. And she said, what if it's, what if dedication is, is greater than passion? What if dedication is greater than passion? And what she explained was passion is fleeting. It is fiery. It is in the moment. Dedication is long-term. Dedication is that you're there for the long duration, for the ride, for the ultimate vision, for the ultimate mission, for the ultimate purpose. So what if going back to the nine to five is actually a demonstration of your dedication to your coaching business? When you have that mindset shift, everything changes because you're no longer failing. Nothing has gone wrong. And actually, you going back to get the support you need to have your own back, to be able to show up more powerfully, to be able to not worry about money, to be able to have sufficiency, to know that you're going to have a roof over your head, to know that you can pay for the things that you really want. Then that is what it means to be a life coach. And that is a noble thing. I'm going to tell you a story about one of my one-to-one clients. I also want to share with you how beautiful it can be going back to the nine to five. One of my one-to-one clients said to me at the beginning of us coaching together, she said, I have a limit. I know what my financial limit is. And when I reach it, if, if I, if I reach it, then I know what I need to do. I'm willing to go back to work. I'm willing to get a part-time job. 
And I know it's going to mean nothing about me continuing my coaching business and doing the work I love and eventually getting there. About two months in, she said to me that over our coaching, she has, you know, she she had implemented so much. She was executing on so many beautiful things. We were building the foundations of her business. She was having consults, speaking to clients, refining her offer, choosing her price. Everything was in alignment. And because she had such clarity and focus and certainty that what she was actually doing in her business was relevant, that it was strategically uh well, strategically relevant to her creating the goals that she wanted, which was everything that she wanted to achieve when she was working with me. It gave her the freedom to be able to look for work. And she came to me one day, I didn't even know this had been happening. She came to me one day about two months in and she said, I cannot believe it. An opportunity has come up and I've got an interview and it just feels so easy. It is in the location I want. It is the hours I want. And I think I can negotiate the salary I want. And the job is exactly what I know. I'm really hoping when I meet them, they turn out to be nice people because that would be a bonus. (laughs) And it means that I can continue to do everything in my coaching business that I want to do. And... I get a little bit more leeway and a little bit more freedom emotionally and financially because I know that I'm being supported by a day job. And I was just blown away. I was blown away because the level of confidence that she developed and the level of certainty in herself that she gets to not only ask for what she wants, but trust and be in co-creation with the universe to allow it to come to her, it did. And within the month, she got the job. She got the job and she is doing both. And it's perfect. It may not be the ideal situation that she like dreamed of at the beginning of last year, but navigating the circumstances as they were, trusting the outcome as it was unfolding, at no point with our coaching did she ever make herself wrong when it ever came up that she was concerned about having the energy to work on her business, we worked on her boundaries. We worked on making sure that she was really, really, especially doing part-time work. It can be very easy for those who are full-time in the office to expect you to be, uh, to expect you to be there full-time. And a couple of sessions, we spent 10 minutes of the session talking about how she could reinforce those boundaries, how she could, um, how she could, like separate between work and coaching when she got home and have an energetic shift so that she could give her attention to her coaching business and show up fully and powerfully for it and she did and it was beautiful and she got to have the best of both worlds so those are all my notes I've covered everything that I wanted to to cover so as I said earlier I I don't have a stance on this I have no judgment on this. I know what I want. I also know, and this is something that I've never shared with anyone before. Actually, no, I've shared it with my one-to-one clients before when it comes up for them. And I, there's a module inside my one-to-one that talks about planning for leaving the nine-to-five. If you're not already a one-to-one client and you want to learn more about that, then go check out going full-time into your coaching business, which is episode number two of this podcast. Because I tell you what you want to be thinking about as you plan to go full-time into your coaching business. But if you find yourself in a situation where you are full-time and you do, and you are seriously considering going back to the nine to five, and you have thoughts about that, and you're struggling to consolidate it, and you're struggling to come to a decision about it, I want you to know something about me that not many people know up until now. When I made the commitment to go full-time into my coaching business, I had done everything that I laid out in that in that episode. I had planned financially. I had planned and changed up some of my circumstances so that I didn't have as much of a financial burden as I did when I was working full-time. I set myself up at success. 
I made, I gave myself circumstances that would give me enough time to figure it out. Here's the thing that not many people know. I made a deal with myself and with my partner because this was a joint decision. And this will apply to anybody who is in a long-term relationship or you have dependents. I made a deal with myself that I would never make myself wrong for going back to work if I had to, or for going back to work if I wanted to, that I wouldn't cut my nose off to spite my face, that I would do whatever it takes to look after the long-term vision and mission and purpose that I know that I'm here to fulfill. And even though the reality of that is very scary, it means that I am bigger than a decision to go back and get a job. I am bigger. My coaching business is bigger than a decision to go back and get work. It doesn't scare me. It doesn't mean I want it. It doesn't mean I'll be happy about it. It doesn't mean I wouldn't grieve it if that ever came to fruition. But it does mean that I made a commitment to myself and the life I have with my partner to always look after myself. And if that meant going back to the nine to five, then that takes courage. That takes dedication. And courage and dedication are two things I absolutely have bucket loads of. Basically, I'm willing to do what it takes. I think going all in and making the big declaration and making the leap to go full time is a really, really cool thing to do when you can. But if you are a life coach who did it before your business was making money, before you knew how to make money, before you had developed the skill of making money at the rate that you need to sustain the life that you want. And if you're having thoughts about going back to getting a job, I think it's fucking awesome. I think it takes courage and dedication. And I know that you have it. So never make yourself wrong for it. Do what you've got to do. Do it with pride. Own your story. I did a, I did a um, ceremony at the beginning of this year called Unwritten to, to write your story for 2024 ahead of time, to choose your vision for 2024 ahead of time. The principle of that is that you are the author of your life. You get to choose what story you tell. Even if you don't love the circumstances, even if you're not delighted to go back to, to work because you've had to, you get to tell the story, you get to own it. So do. That is power that no one can take away from you. And as I said earlier, if they have judgment about that, then they can go fuck themselves. Okay. That was a biggie, <laughs> another biggie. So I really hope that was helpful. I hope that gave you courage to do what you need to do. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for making the decision. I'm proud of you for getting this far. I'm excited to hear what's next, to see where you go with this, to see if this is giving you some relief, some permission, not that you need it from me, but sometimes it helps to hear it, right? And to know that if this is the journey that you're on and this just seems to be your path, embrace it, embrace every step because you never know where it's gonna lead. You never know what it's gonna lead you towards. And maybe it's exactly the step that you need to find the thing that's really meant for you coaching or not. Okay. If you love that episode and you know that I'm the coach for you, as you can tell, I work with clients who are in a nine to five and who are trying to stay out of the nine to five. And I help you grow your coaching business to build the skill of being a soul-led CEO to decondition from the employee mindset, even if you're still in a nine to five or you know you're gonna to have to go back to one at some stage and to develop the business acumen to create an offer you love, to price it at a price that you can feel really confident about, to go out and market and sell and to do your soul's work, then come and work with me. The way that you can work with me right now and probably for a really long time after this episode, but at least at the time of recording, the best way to work with me is one-to-one. -one. 
I love working one-to-one. It has been my bread and butter from the beginning, the intimacy of the relationship, the way that I support you in life and business is invaluable as you create the life and business that you dream of, that you know you are capable of. So your next step, if you know that this is for you and you want my support right now, go ahead and book a free consult. The link is going to be in the show notes. We will meet for 60 minutes together, one-to-one. I am going to ask you about where you are right now, where you want to go in your business and what you think is holding you back. If I am vibing with you, if I feel like we connect, then I will tell you that I can help you. I will tell you a bit more about my one-to-one program and I will invite you to work with me. And if it's a yes, and you are leaning in, even if it's a little bit scary, but still expansive, and you know that I can give you the skills and the mindset and the energetic to support you in your coaching business and navigating the nine to five, if you're still there or navigating, finding work, if you need to go back and get some work, then we will be started within two weeks of your payment. And the first session we do together is a two hour CEO strategy session. And the reason I do that is because I want to get under the skin of your business. Yes, you would have told me about it in the consult, but in the CEO strategy session, we actually sit together and refine your offer or decide your offer if you don't yet have one. We go in on finally deciding exactly what your life coaching services are. You do not need a niche for this. Go check out, I think it's episode three or four, why you don't need a niche. You do not need a niche when you work with me. That is such a relief for all of the coaches who come into my space. You do not need a niche. You just need an offer. We identify who your client is going to be, what your price is going to be. We're going to identify exactly how you are going to market and sell it. And then we have four months together as you go out and execute on that. You are going to be taking a lot more action than you have been taking already. But more importantly, you are going to become the soul-led CEO that I know you are capable of. So come and do this work with me. Book your consult today. I cannot wait to meet you. And in the meantime, I will see you in the next episode.